It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Sleep Matthews radio show. Thank you for listening in wherever you are around the world. Uh, huge day today. Uh, I've got a great talent uh, and gift to the planet, if you will. Aki Grant is uh, with me today. He's the executive producer, writer, and director of Hoppy, uh, and began his journey as a filmmaker in uh, 2006 when he released his uh, uh, first film, Nubia, The Untold Story. His groundbreaking follow-up documentary, The Second, uncovering the influence of ancient Egypt secured his critical acclaim as a filmmaker. Uh, and he's with us today to discuss his latest documentary, simply entitled Hoppy. Welcome, my good friend, Hotep. Hotep, how are you feeling? I'm great. I'm great. So talk to me about Hoppy. What is Hoppy, and why was this an important film for you to make? Wow. Hoppy is such an important issue because it deals with a very critical aspect of our lives, and that's economics. But the film itself deals with the history of economics or the mechanics, if you will. It goes back to early times and it talks about the ecology and how the ecology is such an important role in just the, the mindset of people and how it developed who we are as, as individuals or as communities and nations and so forth. The film deals, it starts with early civilization and, or if you will, the dawn of civilization, pre Nile Valley. It talks about the transformation of the Sahara, um, the rainforest going into the Sahara Desert and people migrating to river valley systems. Thus, you have Nile Valley system, the Niger Valley system, and so forth. But in the Nile Valley system, something unprecedented took place, where mm-hmm. economics, politics, and culture came together seamlessly in this unified capacity that build these great monuments we know as the pyramids, the temples, and so forth. So the film essentially really, really starts there, and it gives you a snapshot of Nile Valley history and the relationship between kingdoms of the Nile, so when we talk about now history, a lot of times, you know, often Egyptologists, if you will, they will take Nubia against Egypt or Nubia uh, against Kemet or Kush or vice versa or what have you, and try to make it seem like they were two separate ethnic groups as mm-hmm. opposed to one African nation. Happy deals with something that they don't talk about when we talk about these transcontinental migrations. And that's really what fueled the Nile or really developed Nile Valley civilization, people migrating into the Nile. But the Nile Valley migrations didn't stop when pyramids were built. People kept coming in for thousands of years, kept moving back and forth between East and West Africa. So these migrations changed the landscape, and these were just African people. And at some time, it upset the balance, and this is where a lot of the wars came from. So Happy deals with that directly. Then we move after we leave Nabali civilization, after the fall of Kemet, people begin to migrate back to West Africa or Central Africa, and you see the emergence of these great African nations or kingdoms in West Africa. And at that point, we begin to talk about the emergence of the development of Western civilization economically through the transatlantic slave trade. Early America, um, then it moves more into the contemporary piece. Actually, the film really starts really now and does a 360 degree synopsis of human development through economics. 
That is absolutely amazing. You know, it's it's fascinating that um, what what made you decide to do this film at this particular time? Because a lot of us uh, don't really think about the economics uh, of Africa, that you had to have economics to build such civilization uh, around the world, literally. Right. Wow. So this is something... Actually, the title and part of the premise was initially developed in 2011. Um, I decided to take a, a step back and a, a backseat from doing films. You know, Hidden Colors came out and all those things. They started coming out after the Tekken. So those brothers did a great job. So I was like, you know what? That's, that's really what the focus is right now. And a lot of my friends and contemporaries they kept saying, Taki, you got you know, you to do something. You got to do something. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't really, I wasn't really interested. I was trying to go in a different direction, actually develop a, a screenplay for an actual film. I was thinking about something a little different as opposed to a documentary. And they said, well, what about economics? And I was like, hmm, that's a really interesting topic. But then I realized that it tied directly into the development of Nile Valley civilization in terms of the relationships of the people because the Nile is our victory. And Dr. Jeffries always says that Reclaiming the now is a victory in which we would we, we need to proclaim, and that's really our corridor. And it always has been throughout history. The now has been our victory, and this is why it's always been fought over, whether figuratively or literally. You know, we've always fought over the now, or the ailing body Egypt and destruction of black civilization. It's one of the first books I read into my during my awakening. It really made me understand just how important the now Valley is. People don't really understand that. But if it wasn't so important, they wouldn't be trying to take it from us so much. And this goes back thousands and thousands of years. And we've always been fighting for this. Um, so when I begin to look at the kingdoms of the now and the role they played, and just how they have taken Kemet out of Africa and placed Egypt in the Middle East, I realized mm-hmm. how important mm-hmm. establishing the relationship between Kemet and Nubia is of Kemet and Kush. I said, wow, that's the key right there. Once we break that, unravel that, I said, yeah, this is what we, this is what we do. So Happy really deals with that. So when you talk about economics and the relationship between the kingdoms of the Nile, their, their relationship essentially was an economic relationship because they traded. That was their primary trading partners. You know, the kingdoms essentially to the south. And they shared, you know, obviously this, this wonderful ecosystem through the river, mm-hmm. which helped develop the civilization. So it all ties in perfectly. So the timing was right, and everything started to come together one by one, step by step. I said, you know what? Now is the time because, like, all the pieces begin to sit in place. The piece, the piece was going to Ghana, and one of the important things about the film, and everyone needs to notice, that um, much part of the film um, was shot on location. We don't really have it be well heavy. So when we speak about going to Africa. We had two trips to Africa. We did one trip this year when we were in Kemet, where we filmed for 10 days in wow. various different locations. Last year this time, we were in Ghana for the Emancipation Day celebration. We filmed for 10 days in Amina Slave Fort, all through Accra, Ghana, um, Cape Coast. That is the essential backbone of the film. You know, We were in the top museums around the world. So, this film is it's it's a documentary, but you know it's on a different level in terms of 
content and the quality of what people receive. No question about it. And you have uh, literally superstars uh, in this film who are uh, uh, narrating and offering expert advice uh, and content uh, uh, and, 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 and character to this film. Uh, you know, my gosh, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, Dr. Uh, Professor James Small, Dr. Wade Noble, uh, uh, Boyce Watkins. I mean, you, the list goes on and on. Uh, how did you go about as you were as you were developing this film, uh, creating storylines and what have you, the process? How did you develop uh, your your experts and say, okay, these are the people that I want to to feature, uh, both to narrate the ancient African uh, piece, but also all the way up to modern day time. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, this, this, this film is, is, it's been a very organic process um, in that as we've gone on, it's kind of developed and taken another mind, a, a shape of its own. And the original cast, if you will, um, was basically selected um, because of certain various different disciplines. And the film follows the three elements of civilization or the three elements that it takes to develop any civilization, which again is economics, politics, and culture. So the people in the film represent that. And depending mm -hmm. on your certain level of discipline or your expertise, you would chosen for that particular role to be categorized. Whether you have economic background, background like uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins, he's one of our great black economists of this day. You also have Dr. Julianne Marvaux, who a lot of people don't know about, but she's, mm -hmm. a, she's a heavyweight. And um, she was brought in, uh, we went, actually went down to D.C. with her, shot her location in front of the Capitol, because she's also involved in the political landscape as well. Um, so then you have the cultural piece with your various historians. Um, Dr. Lynn Jeffries, like you stated, Professor, Je Professor James Smalls. We also wanted to have someone to really psychoanalyze the process. But we brought in the great black psychologist, Dr. Wade Nobles. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's one thing to talk about it, but the question is, why do we do the things that we do? Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the Dr. Wade Nobles comes in, actually, you know, as an expert. Um, Dr. Bruce Williams. Um, for the Orient Institute in Chicago. Um, he's a great historian. He, in 1970s, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, I think early 1970s, he released a document um, which spoke of a fine, and the New York Times published it, and it spoke of, um, it basically gave premise to the fact that Egypt is the daughter of Nubia, and talks about this incident burner that was found in a place called Kustu Cemetery L, which is in southern Egypt. And this it was during the construction of the Aswan High Dam that they had these, these uh, excavation works that were thousands of people were there trying to hurry up and gather the artifacts before the Nile flooded the area and created what is now called Lake Nasa. So in this area in southern Egypt, in Kustu, they found, that, uh, again, this incident burner, which replicated the iconography of kingship in the Nile. But the thing was, this was prior to dynastic Egypt. 
This is also what they would refer to today as ancient Nubia. So it gives credence of the, the precedence that Nubia preceded Egypt and all the aspects of royalty and kingship, the regalia associated with it was, was developed there than it went into what we know as Kemet. So this is a very important piece, but we talk about it quite often in our discussions. You know, we use it to um, reclaim the Nile, if you will. We use it to, you know, dispel any myths that, you know, um, certain people, Egyptologists today, or people who may not want to associate Kemet with being African. So it was very important to, you know, to have this in the film. So we actually were there in Chicago and we filmed Dr. Bruce Williams giving us an explanation about the piece because he was one of the people that were there when they actually excavated it. So this is a very important element that's in the film that, wow. you know, I've been talking about it for 30 years, but that was the first time for me to actually go see it and okay. see what it looks like and, and have, you know, the expert who was there and they found it to really give an explanation on it. So it's just a lot of little little pieces like that, that, you know, a lot of little hidden gems people will, for the first time, they will see these things, you know, up close live in the person. The only thing I've seen before was pictures of it and not even really good pictures, but uh, we were honored to have that opportunity. Well, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, you like you said, you've been in this game for about 30 years. And what I did know, because, you know, I had a conversation with Dr. Leonard Jeffries, thanks to you. And he shared a great story about you. You guys have known each other for over 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, and that goes back to your earlier question. We, uh, one of our earlier um, journeys was when we went to the Sudan. Mm. And we had the opportunity to visit uh, the great sites in, in the Sudan, in Marawe and Karma and uh, Jebel Barku, Nuri Kuru, and it was a fascinating trip. That was actually my second time there, but um, having had the opportunity to visit, you know, um, Kush with Dr. Jeffries was, was amazing. And that's really what started everything. That really was a genesis for the filmmaking because I just went there with a camera, video camera and a still camera and was just taking pictures and video. I wasn't really preparing myself to do films, but, you know, I'm sitting on this content, people are like, this is like amazing stuff. No one has this, mm-hmm. but I'm not thinking in those terms. People was like, you know, especially from our community, no one's really gone there and brought this stuff back. Like we got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, sure. So we just started putting it together and it just, it, it came out wonderfully. Um, and then that's how the whole process got started. Like I said, very organically, it wasn't even trying to do it. It was just something that, you know, it was just there. Kind you know, I'm just, I'm just, it, it, it kept falling in the place. And this is sort of how happy happened. It just fell in the place. I didn't, you know what I mean? Sometimes you know that these things are bigger than you because mm-hmm. there's other things, other forces, the ancestors are behind it. I wasn't really trying to do this, but it was something that, you know, it has to happen. You know, you know so you, this is. You learn so much uh, in, in doing a film and researching and doing a documentary. Uh, but you also knew a lot prior to going in. What did you learn about uh, both yourself and about uh, Africa that you did not know before? Wow. <laughs> um, well, 
one of the things that I learned about myself is just how important it is. Um, I'm going to go back to something people talk about quite um, frequently these days in terms of economics and like being your own boss. I know Dr. Boyce Watkins talks about that a lot. Um, leaving the corporate presentation, developing your own business, so forth and so on. And there's a lot of um, personal skills or certain skills that you have to have in order to do that. And if you don't have a certain level of commitment, a certain um, level of drive, you're going to be in trouble. So one of the things that I learned quickly is that organizational skills are paramount, and, and you have to develop these in order to succeed. Um, you you have to be able, your, your drive has to be, you have to be very committed to whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And not saying it wasn't Danny, but it was something, I, I got to really, you had to push, you know, yourself and, and really, really go forward. Also is, um, speaking of economics, the funding of the film has been a challenge and a lot of people have supported it and a lot of the finance of the film came from came through out of pocket but whatever you want to do just believe in yourself and and it will happen so all the doubts and misnomers you may have in your mind is something i had to push out and had to get out and really just just keep the drive going um, yeah, so that was really, really a big part. In terms of Africa, wow, I learned so much during this journey. Um, and just to go back a little bit, a lot of this really started because prior to even doing films, I was organizing trips. I had a company, I have a company, and we take people to now, to the now once, twice a year. And I've been doing this since like 1999. Okay. And I take groups. It's called Arquette Tours. I'm taking groups to, to Kemet, you know, to the pyramids, so forth, so on. This has always been a tremendous passion. Um, and we'll actually go in throughout Europe a lot of times and other African countries just to understand the development of civilization. Um, so this last trip, um, one of the things that an opportunity to really learn was, this is a big part of the film for me, is, what we call the first African Union. And I'm kind of giving it away here. But certain African countries or communities came together during the 17th century BC to repel the Asiatic forces known as the Hyksos. Mm-hmm. And this is very important because it's not really spoken about in this manner, but in happy we do. There was a place in, there's a place in Egypt called Del Dallas, in ancient times of course, the Jedfatawi, and there, you have the location or the settlement of the fortress in which these groups came together, you know, collectively as a unified force to fight for their liberation. Mm. And it's very important to note because it's not explained this way. Because right after the Hyksos were expelled, there was a war that opened up from between Kemet and, and Kerma, which is one of the great kingdoms to the south. It's like around the third cataract, and cataracts are. Uh, locations of the Nile, which the water or the floor of the water is impeded. It's almost like thinking of a cataract in someone's eye when your vision is impeded by, you know, mm-hmm. an, a, 
construction. Mm-hmm. So it could be a waterfall, it could be huge boulders, so forth, but it was areas which by ship it was impassable because of these cataracts. So the third cataract in the now, using their numbering system, a lot of our scholars like to use the fact that being at the Nile flows in south to north, the lower cataracts are in further south, as opposed to the first cataract being in Aswan, which is the most northern point of the cataracts, that would be in fact which you would look at reverse because now then flows south to north. That would be the sixth cataract. So the third cataract is in a place called Dungala Kerma, where this ancient site was built, and Dr. Jeffries and I had the opportunity to go there with a great defoof within. The ancient city is actually still still there. You can see the settlements of it. Mm. Um, so anyway, this war opened up between Kemet and Kush, and it lasted for about 30 years. But they don't talk about who they were actually fighting because there were large groups. And I've asked this question several times, and they don't want to answer the question because it gives credence to the African presence um, mm. throughout the whole process. But there were large groups of what we call karma Nubians that were in Kemet fighting along the Kemetiyu or the Egyptians against the Hyksos. But after the Hyksos were expelled and defeated, there was a war that opened up against Karma. But the question now stands is who were they fighting if the people were there with them in large numbers, as all historians may want to say, because they found all the, the pottery, the ancient burials, they were there with them with Tekken Rata, Amosa Nafatari, Amosa Kamosa, the great family of the 17th dynasty. They were there with these people. So if you're there with these people, who you now turn around and fight? This gives wow. credence to the emergence of different migrations still coming into the Nile Valley. Flows of thousands of people. Once the ecosystem changes in certain areas, people are still coming into the Nile. It doesn't, the landscape doesn't change with the development of civilization, the development of pyramids. People are still coming in from other parts of Africa in large numbers. And these tribes are coming in, they're settling along the Nile. One of the other great things we had the opportunity to do is the Haku story. We talked about Haku for thousands, well, not, not, thousands of years, obviously. But since I've really been in this thing, I've been speaking about him and just how important this individual was in terms of his trade expeditions to Yam mm-hmm. and to the South. And he was a governor at the time. So now you have the economics because he's a person who's trading, but he's also a governor. So you have the political side as well. We talk about economic politics and culture in 3000 BC, you know? <laughs> so. Wow. Haku was going back and forth, north to south, and he's trading, he's trading, but he speaks about it in, in the walls of his tomb. He talks about the, how he's afraid for his life because there's these groups now that emerge from what they call the Middle Nile region. And the Middle Nile region is very key because whoever controlled the Middle Nile region controlled the economic flow into the Nile because that was a trade corridor. And it was always about the trade corridors, whether it was there or whether it was in the Delta, which the Hyksos controlled later, because that was a trade quarter in and out of Africa, into Europe, into Asia. So mm-hmm. trading was always very important. And once the empire ex- expanded, after the Hyksos were expelled, one of the great places that they were able to establish themselves in was the Kadesh. And the Kadesh story was really, it's really interesting. This is during the time of Ramses II, how these people here formed the first peace treaty between the, H- the Hittites and the Egyptians. And this peace treaty you can actually see on display in the uh, United Nations today. But Kadesh was so important to the Egyptians because it was a trade corridor through Asia Minor. So trading posts was a very important thing, even back in ancient times. It just shows you how important, I guess you would think how important money was. But money, we know, didn't come later on to the Romans. But in terms of trading and bartering economics 
It was something that Africans developed and something we had a stranglehold on for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So the importance of, answer the question, the importance of what I learned is just how huge economics is to, to human beings. It's just how important it is to us. And we may downplay it, but everything that we do somehow or another flows through that discipline. Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. Now, another laureate that you have in the film we mentioned earlier, and I uh, also had him on the show, and that was uh, Professor James Small. Um, what was his contrib- uh, contribution to the film? Oh, wow. Um, so, <laughs> like Dr. Lennon Jeffries, Professor James Small and I, we have a very special relationship. And I, I, it's, it's very important to note that their contribution goes more than just the on-screen um, input. Um, there's a lot of behind-the-screen uh, stuff that takes place. A lot of the film, really, and, and by and large, developed by way of conversation, one-on-one conversation with the two of them, late-night talks in the home, just sitting down, just talking, mm-hmm. getting mentored in a sense throughout you know several years and understanding where certain key parts of history need to be highlighted and documented visually. So mm-hmm. Small, mm-hmm. President James Small plays a critical role in that because, you know, he and I really talked a lot about, he even actually named this the subtitle to film, Role of Economic Development Civilization. That's his. Wow. Um, a lot of the connections, this is another big part of the film too, which... And now as I'm speaking to you, it comes out because there's so much really, and you got a few weeks for this because we really almost have three films in one. And that's going to be really the challenge to put it all together because we have so much of the ancient Egyptian piece, but it's not a film about ancient Egypt. People need to understand that. And we have so much about the, the transatlantic piece, the, the Middle Ages in terms of dealing with West Africa. We have so much of that. And it's not a, it's not a film about slavery. You know, then we have a lot of contemporary America and contemporary times um, or early, excuse me, early American temporary times, but it's not a film about that. It's a snapshot of economic history from the beginning of civilization to now. So it's really three pieces being condensed into one. So with that in mind, when we begin to talk about, and this is a very, very important piece. We had a brother, Harold Johnson, or sorry, I'm give us this, and Dr. Rakeddy as well, but Dr. Rakeddy Ammon, um, talking about the confluence of civilization between African nations. And this is the, the powerful part because we're able, we've been able to document visually and speak to the connection of these people linguistically and culturally using words from the, um, the work of Dr. Shekhar Diop and he talked about the Wolof being connected to the Metanexia. Oh yeah, it is. The Gwa, the Iwa, the Yoruba, all these different Ikan, all these different African groups have a commonality in terms of language and culture, which directly is connected to the Nile Valley. So it's a very powerful documentary because we talk about that. Because when you start to speak about people moving back and forth, people want to know, they want to have proof. So we're giving mm-hmm. them the proof mm-hmm. through the culture and through the language. And we're connecting the dots between East and West Africa, showing that these are one people. You know, so the people now that you see there were once there. But we know this because if you look down the tree, you can see it. So that's a very powerful piece. And that's, again, in the film. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, we've got okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know you're going to have to see this film. It's probably, in my opinion, one of the uh, most important films of our time uh, to 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 watch. So, we need to create a global effort uh, to make sure that this film is is seen, not just you know throughout all the cities and states here in America, but uh, all the continents on the on, on the planet, wherever there's melanated people. Uh, this this film needs to be uh, shown and seen so that we can really understand our the power of our true history. Now, you mentioned earlier, Dr. Wade Noble, about the psychological aspect to the film. Walk us through a little bit of that in terms of what he brought to the table uh, with his unique uh, uh, wisdom uh, and, and years of experience. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, most of our people, uh, East Coast people, I won't say most, but the the core group of people in the film live here, or kind of in the New York area. And he's one person. Wow, I wish lived over here, <laughs> because with him, a lot of times it's unprecedented access. But and I and I said to say that it's not enough of weight in the in, in the in the project because he just has a tremendous amount of insight, knowledge, and I, I wanted to. I've known Dr. Wade Nobles for quite some time, and I've introduced to him at one of the ASCAT conferences. Um, association, the Association for Study of Classical African Civilization, this organization started in the early 80s with Dr. Ben, Dr. Clark, Milana Karanga, Dr. Milana Karanga, um, and, and several others. But this has been really the forefront of the mental struggle for the minds of African people ASCAT was, you know, it's really still at that forefront. And like people like, uh, oh, man, Dr. Asa Hilliard. And an opportunity to meet these people. Some of them have made their transition. Some of them are ancestors now. But just to meet them and talk to them on several occasions, you know, years past, I would definitely be honored to have that opportunity. So being close to Dr. Jeffries and Professor Smalls also meant me the opportunity to, to, you know, be have a special relationship with Dr. Nobles. Um, so... His contribution, again, is unprecedented because he gives us a discipline that the others, no one else really has in terms of being able to dissect human thinking and be able to dissect the who, what, when, and why, but more so than the why. Why do we do the things that we do um, in regards to our movement, the valuation of, of items and goods, because you know, we put value on things based on our wants, needs, and desires. And if the valuation doesn't necessarily, you know, and it's very different from someone else because their value systems are totally different. So this is now how economics is developed. Economics is developed because I want something that you have that's more important to me than it is to you. Mm. So I'll give you this for that. But if we don't value that, then that thing has no value to me. Then, therefore, I have a different leverage when I begin to trade with you. That's very important. That's extremely important. But that right there is the foundation for what we do, especially in modern times. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about another part of the film is today's generation, contemporary view and landscape, particularly with black young children, black, well, black people in general, not just young people. It's just, you know, we have this consumerism mentality, this mm-hmm. $1.3 trillion of, of economic uh, spending we did last year and consumerism and it put the money put together and aggregated, we'd be the 16th most wealthiest nation on earth. But why aren't we 
doing some more important things with our money because we have this warped view of a value. And whether it's five hundred dollar sneakers, five hundred dollar jeans, mm-hmm. you know, three hundred dollar belts, and people who don't have no money. <laughs> it's one thing if you Jay Z or Beyonce and you decide to do sure. something like that with people who people who have absolutely no money and they would turn around, they would stand online all night, several hours, they would camp outside for a pair of sneakers. I don't understand it. You know? But you know, again it's the have have nots, but it's 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 a very warped view. So the film talks about stuff like that, and why we, why do we feel we have the need to do this? And this is where again, where an expert like a Dr. Noble comes in. Wow, oh that's that's powerful. I, okay, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course you know that that Taki and 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 uh, uh, Dr. Nobles, Professor Smalls, uh, Dr. Jeffries are coming to Sacramento. Uh, for a uh, private screening, a, uh, a private uh, moderation uh, panel discussion, uh, for which I'll be moderating. I'll be uh, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Uh, but I know for the people who are who are listening, who are not uh, uh, in Sacramento, or won't be in that area. I will actually put, I will actually uh, ask you guys listening to this. This is it's a two day event because also African Americans for Balanced Health. On Saturday, the, the 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 private screening and and uh, 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 moderation is going to be uh, Friday evening, the 27th, October 27th. But October 28th, Saturday, Professor James Small and and Dr. Wade Nobles will be lecturing, and we're also going to try to see if we can get Dr. Lewis Jeffries to you know to, to put in at least 15 minutes, which is impossible for him to do uh, because he's so he 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 has so much to give. Uh, you need to fly in for this event. We we don't know when there will be these three dynamos on one stage, one platform for two days in a row, plus a private screen of uh, Hoppy, the film. Taki, please walk us through what are we expecting uh, for uh, this amazing event uh, that's happening Friday night with the screening. How long is it? And Because uh, it's not the full film, is that correct? Well, it, it, well, it's funny because we did two screenings in New York um, earlier this year, January and February, and we showed about an hour piece. And since then, we've been able, obviously, we've been, we're still filming to obtain a lot of footage. So what they will see in California would pretty much be about 90% completed. Oh, wow. It would That's- just pretty much be, it would pretty much just be um, more cosmetic than anything after that. But the plan is, by the time we come to California, you will see most of what we shot in Egypt, um, more, more of um, the West African piece, um, individuals, Dr. Jacqueline um, Adelora, who I met through you. Um, all those elements will now be a part of the more completed version. You know, so they will be definitely they will see that in the end of October. I completely forgot, which is so crazy. I completely forgot Dr. Jacqueline Battalora, uh Bertha author yeah. of Birth of a White Nation is in the film. What was her contribution? Wow, early our early American development. Wow. And the and also <laughs> the mindset of European people, which speaks a lot to the alt right 
um, like mm-hmm. that's what's going on now. So the film is very, very much um, on time, if you will, because there's so much happening today. This the decision of the, the DACA bill that uh, President Obama signed and the reversal of it now by um, President Trump. All this is very much about what um, Dr. Battalora shared. She came in, flew, flew in from Chicago, came to New York. We filmed the down law Manhattan with the Statue of Liberty in the background and really to speak to that whole immigration piece. So when I tell you it's on time, it's on time. Um, she gave us a great interview and Look forward. It looks the footage, the footage is amazing. I look forward to sharing it. Oh man, this is extremely exciting. Um, all right. So, how can people? Well, I know you have a trailer. How can people see like a snippet of the film, like the the, the movie trailer? Uh, where can they go? What's the web address that they can go and look at? And you're also still raising funds uh, to recoup and to recover and also do some post work. Where can people go also to that want to contribute to help make sure that this film gets out? And it's fully funded. Well, GoFundMe is always um, a great way. Had everything is Happy Films, whether it's on face, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can write to Happy Films, H A P I. Two separate words, H A P I F I L, and that's Happy Films, and, and it comes right up. Um, same thing with um, the, the GoFundMe, which is a very important aspect in. Um, like I said, there have been shout out to all people who who've helped out um, during this process. The contributions are greatly, greatly appreciated, and um, it's helped keep the the engine going, and um, really also helped put the inspiration because you need a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, four dollars, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You don't understand just how important that is, not even from an economic standpoint, but from a an emotional and a you know a get up and go standpoint when you see people that actually really believe in what you're doing and they support you more so from that way. And it's, it's phenomenal. Sometimes people think I don't have a lot of money. It doesn't really matter. $2, $3, but it just helps. And being like, wow, people really believe in what we're doing. And yeah. the times when, you know, we may, cause it's been a long process. We've been basically um, in production for about a year and a half now. And that year and a half, you have your ups and your downs, your trials and tribulations. And as human beings, you're going to hit walls. And you know that people are really, really behind you. That gives you another, you know, helps you, you know, fill your lungs back up again and gets you going and helps you finish this marathon. I, I liken this process to actually running the marathon and you get to points where, you know, you do your fast walk and you jog mm-hmm. a little slow jog and then you, you pick it up at the finish line. So that's kind of like what this process is. And the people along the side of the road who are handing you the, the cups of water a liking to the people really who's been supporting this process. So I use that analogy to say that even with, you know, a cup of water, whatever it is, $2 donation, it really, really, it really tremendously helps. Or you could buy a T-shirt, a poster, whatever. But those things help because it's, it's that and the cheering, which really helps the runners finish the race. So mm-hmm. um, I really appreciate and applaud the support and look forward to people continue, people continue support. Greatly appreciate it. Oh, man, this is absolutely amazing. All right, so uh, Hoppy uh, Film uh, is, uh, you can just type that into uh, Google or your, or your preferred search engine, and uh, everything will come up. Uh, and uh, uh, GoFundMe, go there, and then type in Hoppy Film, and that will come up as well, and you can donate as well. 
And if you're in Sacramento, you've got to come to this event. This is uh, a once-in-a-lifetime event. Uh, and even if you're not in Sacramento, if you're driving distance or if you can afford to get on that plane and get over here, uh, it's going to be two days that will change your life. Particularly, it will change the life and trajectory of uh, uh, the young people, your children, uh, by understanding how commerce works. Uh, you're going to be able to give something to your, to your children that perhaps you were not able to do on your own, particularly if it's uh, just them watching the media and being a part of this, this crazy American society. You're going to learn uh, black history, African history like never before. Uh, Taki, I, I, I can't appreciate you enough. You are a, a filmmaking genius. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing your time with me today and look forward uh, to you coming on to my live video show uh, that's going to air around the world and uh, uh, so more people will get a chance to know about you and know about this amazing uh, film, Hoppy. Okay. I just want to just piggyback on something you said because we, I want to highlight this. Something you said was very important. To have Dr. Jeffries, um, Professor Smalls, and Dr. Nobles, like you said, on one stage and one night, it's, it's, we don't, time is our only issue there because it's, when I say dynamic or like it's, it's you don't really have that opportunity to have, we don't even have Professor Smalls and Dr. Jeffrey together a lot, but right. to have them, right. all three of them there together, right. we need about a week, to be honest with you, because the wealth of information, the history, and just... The, the, the stories that they've lived and the, the journeys is, is, is so fascinating. And like I said before, a lot of what goes into this film really is the insight that's been given throughout the years, and it's tremendous. And I cannot be overstated in, if you don't come out for the film, come out to see them because to have them there like that is, is so powerful. Oh. And like I said, it's a two-day event. You just gotta come out to see this. If you're in Northern California area, if you're not, especially on the West Coast, in New York, we're a little spoiled. But out there, this is, this is unprecedented. So I implore people to really, really try to make it out. Also, you know, for the tickets um, for both events, actually, um, you can go online to Eventbrite and type in Happy Films, um, and it'll come up, and you can get the tickets there. Or the American um, for, for Better Health is also with that. Um, event there for Saturday. It's also an event bright for Friday and Saturday. You can get tickets there on on the um, on the web portal. And please, it's for twenty five dollars for um, adults for for elders and students. It's fifteen dollars for the uh, Friday night event. So this is a great opportunity. Definitely, and your support goes to a great project. Projects, and uh, you when you come out and you see it, people understand like, wow, this is. <laughs> Well, well, worth it. Yeah, when you think about uh, the amount of money you spend on coffee and all of the miscellaneous things that, uh, you know, doesn't really contribute to your life, um, the cost of this is priceless. It is absolutely priceless. This is something that would normally cost. If you were to bring in all of these laureates, just the three of them, not, of, not including the people in the film, uh, you would be out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, so you have to really understand the magnitude of, 
what it means to have these icons all in one room together for the first time. This is unprecedented. And, and, and that also goes to the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, something you asked earlier about um, why, like why happy, why we did this film now. And I've always been uh, in love with history, even before my awakening, you know, coming into consciousness, I love American history. I've just always been fascinated with people and social studies. Mm-hmm. This is what actually was the genesis of getting into filmmaking, but then I realized one thing about documentaries and films is documentary films that is um, there's so much we're in the information age now and there's so much information out there people can get it from here there whatever like that so happy is a formula it's the blueprint not only is it historical but it also will show you who you are and why you're doing the things that you're doing one of the big parts of the film is the fact that it's solution-oriented. We're not just going to give you a film without giving you some type of solutions and things that we can do mm-hmm. to correct our behavior or to improve our lives and improve ourselves. And Happy Mortgage is a film. We all started what's called the Happy Movement and really started to push for the economic awakening. So the theme of the film, if you will, is economic empowerment and economic literacy. And it's very important to understand that economic empowerment to economic literacy. So the economic literacy is learning about the mechanics of economics through the history of it, so forth and so on. And then from that, using that formula, we will begin to empower ourselves economically. Wow. Thus helping with our overall liberation. So it's very important. It's not just it's not just a film. Happy is a formula, happy is a blueprint. Using the system again of the ancestral system of, of economics, politics, and culture, and how they were able to put those three elements together to develop civilization. Fantastic. Uh, my brother, I appreciate you uh, sharing your time with me. Again, I'm looking forward to our live video show uh, in, uh, uh, interview as well, uh, and upcoming conversations with Professor Small and Dr. Jeffries and, and Dr. Nobles. Uh, let's make this film uh, one of the biggest uh, and most important documentaries of our time. I appreciate you, my brother. All right. Thank you. Likewise. All right. Hotep, we'll see you guys next Hotep. time. We'll hear you guys next time on the Sleep Matthew Show. Take care, everybody. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.